Accessing archive. Authorizing. Access granted. Accessing file. So, it's always a tricky question. I get it pretty frequently. I'm not sure how to answer. So, I've been doing art probably my whole life. Um, always just drawing. You know, I was real into, like, characters, cartoons, illustrations. Um, but kind of went away from it. And then uh, probably in high school when I was 16, 17, started drawing uh, kind of with the intention to go into tattooing. Straight away from that a bit. But then, uh, yeah, I just kept doing ink illustrations all that mm -hmm. one day I decided to try painting hated painting for like pretty much my whole life and then uh yeah I did one painting and everything just kind of wormholed from yeah. there you, you know? liked it so, yeah that's cool so what was it that kind of threw you off about painting at first uh I'm not sure at all because yeah it's really interesting um because ink illustrations you know is very disciplined um very kind of rigid and I think maybe the flow of painting, like that free flow state is what scared me for a while, mm -hmm. um, which would make sense because at the time I feel I was very disciplined, rigid, you know, kind of. And so then I kind of transitioned and started accepting uh, flow, if you will, in mm -hmm. other areas of my life. Yeah. And so I think that uh, finally let me loose on paintings, you know, broke down a wall and yeah, yeah and now obsessed. So. Awesome. Yeah, when it comes to a lot of creative work, uh, you know, so much of it is us getting in our own way. Yeah. Don't you find that? Yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah. You know, you always hear people say you're your worst enemy. And mm -hmm. it's uh, mm -hmm. yeah, ridiculous how true it is over and over again. I know. know. Uh, it's interesting, though, because then once you can find that flow, um, as you said, you kind of can separate your ego a little bit mm -hmm. from, from the act Mm -hmm. you know that's going on that artistic expression yeah. i find that in music certainly and um sounds like you find that through your your painting a bit as well yeah and uh i mean you know i kind of accepted it in other areas like i was saying you know which then helped the painting and then getting into the flow of painting has now transitioned to helping me accept it in all areas of life mm -hmm. like tenfold you yeah. know um just transferring that flow, creative energy mm -hmm. into, I mean, creating reality, essentially, you know. It's, yeah. It's pretty incredible. I also see a lot of tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> so how many of these are yours and how many are maybe other other artists? Um, I would say probably almost half are mine. Uh, my legs very much mm -hmm. are a lot of mine. Um, some are all my friends, you know, I kind of let you know, little mementos from everybody and then uh, mm -hmm. collected over from other artists over the years as well. But awesome. I haven't gotten any in a while, you know. It's funny because I don't have any tattoos, but I'm the biggest fan of art. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe it's a bit of a commitment thing. It is, yeah. And, you know, the pain and all that is the whole <laughs> thing. So, right. you know, but yeah, I don't know. I was into them pretty early. I think I just, you know, I like drawing on everything. And so the skin was like the ultimate, oh, let's draw on it, you know. Yeah. But, I definitely uh, used to draw on my, my skin. Um, it's funny. I've told, I've told this in a number of the podcasts on this season about how Alex Gray was one of the biggest influences for me um, artistically. Mm -hmm. I found, you know, like 
I guess I would call him my first favorite artist. Yeah. You know, when I when I of saw course. his work for the first time, I was like, I have no idea what this dude's tapping into. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's funny that later on you might have an experience where you say, Oh, that's where this is coming from, you know, yeah, a little man. bit. So shouts to Alex for introducing me to visionary art um, and the band Tool, of course, because yeah. without Tool, I probably wouldn't have seen Alex's work as soon. Yeah. I probably would have saw it eventually. But the fact that mm -hmm. Tool's on the radio and they're always coming to town mm -hmm. when I was growing up in the 90s, like you would see, you know, the poster art and it would all be out yeah. gray. And I would just be like, I don't know what it is about this work because I hadn't had a psychedelic experience at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm so drawn. Yeah. I'm so it drawn. hits you like archetypally, you mm -hmm. know, I think anybody, even people who aren't, you know, really into the psychedelic experience or, you know, spirituality, all that, I think it still hits them mm -hmm. in the same way. Um, some people just act on that feeling and want to find it again or, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, I like that, um, kind of relationship he has with tool i find it interesting because i had heard tool on the radio of course but mm -hmm. i still have not heard much of tool like their last album a bit mm -hmm. but i didn't know he was connected with them at all mm -hmm. and i found his art probably when i was 14 15 yeah. but i didn't even really know he had a relationship with them until mm. years later that's but. the same age that i found him as yeah. well but yeah. it was through tool it was through the album artwork of i think lateralis mm -hmm. and yeah. it, um i had heard that if you buy the the uh if you buy the album you get this most incredible uh kind of flip through yeah. uh transparent yeah. you know kind of a uh, interactive art piece where he, you pretty much peel the layers off of yeah uh the body and then eventually oh, find crazy. the spiritual layers of the body and that's sweet man yeah it was cool so um do you remember how you found his work um i don't really um because the internet wasn't i mean it was around but it yeah. wasn't nearly as prevalent i don't think facebook was a yeah, thing yet i'm really not sure um i kind of feel like it must have been on the internet like i seen one thing um mm -hmm. and then kind of you know like knew his name knew his art all that but i didn't really go too deep in the uh, psychedelic art back then um and then i was working at a tattoo shop straight out of high school when i was 17 and uh, they knew i was kind of into you know pattern work uh, spiritual geared designs for mm -hmm. tattooing and so they actually for, I'm not sure if it was for my birthday or something, but they got me a gift and I believe it was Net of Being. Oh, okay. I want to say it was Net of Being. Yeah, they yeah. got it signed by him for me and wow. all that. And I mean, that book is like, if you haven't seen his art after that book, it's insane. You know, mm -hmm. it's everything in there, paintings you don't even normally see, you yeah. know, and I have the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah and amazing. so, I mean, I would look at that thing like every day and just kind of, I mean, geek out on it, you right. know, and just in awe of his talent man and his vision it's insane and after that you know it's you can't unsee that stuff so <laughs> they look at this this is from alex says two time wheel oh that's get sweet, timeless man. alex gray yeah i met him right. at a at a screening and then i also have this um signed by him oh, oh very cool. here it is it's like an artifact dude yeah, that's one of my favorite <laughs> Uh, yeah works of his yeah i think you know this is pretty much representation of the bardo yeah you yeah. know so you say you know early on and even in your tattooing work you were already into kind of spiritual concepts and and designs and textures and stuff how did yeah. that happen like how did you it's first just, learn about spirituality and so uh you know i've tried to pinpoint that before and i'm not sure i know it started with a uh, sacred geometry okay i encountered sacred geometry um it's funny, actually. I think 
the first time I ever heard of the term sacred geometry was that show Robin Big with Rob Deerdeck. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so there's, like, some episode where they, uh, this guy was making, like, sacred G, um, I guess, posters or whatnot, and they, like, put on his skateboard to see if it would, you know, nice. make him skate good and all that. And, <laughs> yeah, just random show, but, I mean, sacred geometry just kind of sounded enticing to mm -hmm. me, and so I think I must have looked into it or something after i'm not sure but somehow you know found like flower of life and like kind of the bases yep. and then from there i think that sparked an interest into just spirituality in a whole and i started looking into the you know buddhism and whatnot um meditation you know just Mm -hmm. kind of practices of that go with you know that thinking mm -hmm. and uh yeah it just wormholed from there man right. you know it's uh just like alex gray's art um even when i saw flower of life seed of life it just hit that archetypal place and mm -hmm. you know i was at school like going checking out books just reading all i can about buddhism this that and i mean i wasn't specifically trying to practice buddhism but i was just looking at everything yeah. you know um all the different I don't know what you'd call them, sects of Buddhism, you uh -huh. know? Um, Lineages or... Yeah, it was all yeah. uh, just interesting, man. Oh, like, yeah. so interesting. And, mm -hmm. you know, even when I was tattooing, I was uh, mainly interested in the sacred geometry as mm -hmm. tattoos, you know, but it wasn't, uh, I guess, spiritually geared um, visions, you know, that kind of came later. But mm -hmm. sacred geometry, I always knew it was powerful stuff uh, yeah. from the start absolutely so had you had any kind of uh, of your own spiritual experiences before you started researching all this stuff or did that come a little later maybe peaked by what you were reading yeah so i would say it came after okay. for sure um i wouldn't say i was spiritually minded mm -hmm. um you know when i was even looking into these mm -hmm. you know i hadn't really had uh you know i tried meditation and all that when i was young and you know it's what it was but i didn't really have a yeah, I guess that experience, you know, that one, everyone has that one, you know, where it kind of right. kicks in. Um, right. And I think what really sparked that was, you know, learning about all this, receiving all this information, having it in there. And then um, I started getting into, you know, psychedelic use mm -hmm. in high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think right away, you know, it just my mind jumped to those places. And then um, after that, you know, it's uh, it was easy to get into a spiritual experience with meditation uh, with even just reading about these you know it, yeah. it helped me understand it right. way more as far as uh using this or this applies to me as well because mm. you read these books you know about you know zen buddhists and this and that and it, it all seems sometimes a little far oh yeah especially to like a 14 year old in I san antonio texas it's like you know just mm -hmm. a little skater kid like what am i doing meditating you know it's mm -hmm. it's interesting so that stuff definitely helped me Relate it to yeah, self. And, exactly. It shows you the experiential level of it. Yeah. So that you understand what you're reading happened. Yeah. Instead of it's a myth. Yeah. You exactly. Know? A that, story. It's more. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And the same with me. Um, so when it comes to your first experience, you mm -hmm. know, like how do you, how would you recount that? And was it, you know, psychedelic mushrooms? Was it LSD? What, what yeah. Kind of... So, um, I mean, the first. I would say notable experience, I mean, that really kind of, uh, you know, almost like, I guess when I first saw like the Godhead, you mm -hmm. could say, mm -hmm. you know, um, it was uh, mushrooms for sure, okay. you know, and uh, I Same. remember we were, 
we were out in just the woods, kind of in our neighborhood where we'd go out and, you know, mm-hmm. do mischievous stuff. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the the group I was with, you know, we were just all having good old fun, mushrooms, enjoying them. Um, they all left, and so I tried to meditate kind of just in the bushes. Yeah. You know, I felt weird. I was like, all oh, my friends are going to come back. They don't even know I'm into this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, so meditating with the medicine really kind of set things in you know it was a pretty transcendent experience for like a 15 year old I don't even think I really knew kind of the weight that it was happening or that it would carry but I remember it feeling I mean incredible it's unlike anything else you know and then of course friends come back and we just had fun but something lasted from that you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um absolutely yeah you know it's funny because I do I do think of my first psychedelic experience as a mushroom experience, but it actually was edible cannabis. Really? Um, I my friend made some brownies out of some really nasty swag, oh, like man. Just terrible yeah. quality <laughs> brick. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that stuff that's straight brown and compressed, and it's like yeah. you know a full tree, and like it's all like yeah. a tiny sliver of you know weed but mm-hmm. anyway we, we baked a, a shitload probably an ounce or more which used to be super cheap which is funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get an uh, ounce for like day. 30 bucks or whatever yeah. um into some brownies ate it didn't feel anything yeah. it's been an hour and a half all right well we, we should eat another one oh and then they both stacked yeah they stacked and dude i was gone yeah but um I'm scarred from my brownie experience and I don't eat edibles because of that, which was like, what, nine, ten years oh, ago? Oh, I so rarely so. eat them now. You know, <laughs> I get offered them all the time because I travel to Colorado yeah. um, for my work with Sheath mm-hmm. all the time. And people are like, hey, you want some gummy bears? I'm like, nah, yeah. I'm straight. I got some flour. So. <laughs> but that's really interesting that because cannabis usually isn't, you know, regarded as, you know, something that can give you a psychedelic experience. Right. I would say I've had, you know, similar experiences um mm-hmm. not with the edibles but that's very interesting yeah because edibles would be the one to to do that and it, yeah and it was for sure um i remember laying on the couch of my my drummer's house uh, sorry mr greeter <laughs> that's his dad uh, but uh we were baking uh weed brownies in your house you didn't yeah. know um <laughs> so anyway i'm laying down on the couch and they're playing tool we're big tool fans right on. you know already even pre-psychedelic yeah. um and uh, I just having this vivid third eye experience, pretty much. Like, I never had closed eye visuals, yeah, other than dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I start to see, like, pretty much almost like the, these little seeds. It was almost like they were weed seeds, you know, because you used to get a lot of seeds in in the weed back oh, yeah. in the day. Yeah. And there was like a circle of weed seeds, and they were all like coming together towards the center of the circle and interconnecting, and this big seed formed. And created like pretty much like a almost like those dream catchers. Yeah. Um, that you yeah, you net, see the intricate yeah, designs yeah. like that dream catching design and and this was all in my mind and then um, Tools music's playing it's the perfect backtrack for this thing oh, and yeah. then I just kind of open my eyes guys the craziest thing just happened <laughs> I just had closed eye visuals like I don't even know like what's happening oh, so that, that kind of sparked my interest into entheogens yeah. and psychedelics and i wanted to try more the next thing i stepped into was mushrooms mm-hmm. and um the first two times i was very cautious with my mushrooms uh with with how much i took i think it was half a gram first time maybe a gram second time mm-hmm. so i'm still just like slowly peeling open that kind of visionary experience um and then the third time, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. I've, I've had a few trips. They're very mild, very controllable. 
Let's see what 3.5 grams will do. Yeah, whole nother level. Yeah, it, that's what blew my my freaking mind uh, open yeah. towards yeah. all of the spirituality, all the philosophy, all of the interconnectedness of of life. Um, and and without that experience, I don't think Time Will would exist. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be who I am today. Um, it was very powerful. I was with some of the bandmates from uh, Something Fiction. Mm. At the time, we went to the park. And a number of them had just as extremely of profound experiences as I had. Yeah. And it really shook us all up for a few weeks because we didn't know that that was possible. Yeah, it's you know? so new and yeah. crazy new thing. It's not just, hey, mm -hmm. you know, did this cool thing the other day. It's, yeah, it's wild, man. Yeah, it's so that sent me trip. down a rabbit hole of research into you know, what happened to me, what is spirituality, what is Kundalini specifically, mm -hmm. because I kept reading um, that th this word Kundalini was linked with uh, these visions that people would have. And I would literally be able to sit down, close my eyes, kind of just tune in, and within a minute or two, almost be back there. Like be back in the psilocybin experience um, without trying. It was just like, my mind was wired for it at that point. Yeah. For, for weeks and months after. And um, in that kind of frenzy of discovery, just like endlessly researching, it was the most interesting thing I had ever researched or known about in my life. And I used to work at HEB and I would push carts out in the uh, um, the parking lot, just bring carts back in so people mm -hmm. could reuse yeah. them. The they would let you use one earphone to listen to music, but I'd just be listening to YouTube. Yeah. Listening to people's Kundalini awakening experiences, Kundalini arousal experiences, oneness experiences, psilocybin experiences. Mm -hmm. I'm slowly learning about, oh, LSD, uh, you know, DMT. Yeah. You're just downloading, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to, I was working, uh, it was like, I would work on Sundays for like five hours. This actually isn't too long ago, a couple years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Still, it was kind of already very much into spirituality, visionary painting, all that, but, um, mm -hmm. I started just listening to Terrence McKenna and Alan Watts talk yep. every Sunday, you know, for nice. like a year or two, just five hours straight and mm -hmm. just rapid download, man. Yeah. I found them as well. Mm -hmm. I found um, Alan Watts, a massive help. Terrence McKenna, a massive help. Mm -hmm. um, I also really liked uh, Robert Anton Wilson. Have you heard much of him? I have not. No. He's uh, as a little bit of an older guy and he's more on the esoteric tinge okay but uh he would talk about these things called peptides which i couldn't relate to enough um mm. which was this state of being where you're so immersed in your work mm -hmm. that it's the most important thing to you and almost everything else falls away yeah and that's how i was in the founding of of time wheel mm -hmm. so immersed in this work and time wheel started before it was like a record label as kind of a spiritual blog of of all sorts and sizes it was music that was you know cultivating of the spiritual experience artwork that was captivating of the spiritual experience mm -hmm. you know we have jonathan Salter piece here i featured his work because i just i just knew it was so yeah um you know drawn out of those yeah those yeah he's got a magic there for sure oh for uh -huh. sure and um then as well we would put youtube links you know with with talks you know alan watts and um Bill Hicks and just like every, mm -hmm. everyone that's on that kind of like psychedelic forward thinking mindset, we would we would host that. We would put it on social media, slowly gain followers through that content. And eventually Time Wheel did become an original content platform yeah. where we've met so many creators 
through this interconnected web of social media and the internet and this common interest of spirituality and psychedelics that at this point you know we were like dude we could just make original content yeah. so let's just shift to that that was the you know? web you were seeing on that cannabis trip you mm -hmm. know little seeds yeah that we're connecting exactly I, that's why uh, i really was stoked when i finally got to uh, kind of come in contact with y'all because mm -hmm. i i think i told you but i think i'd seen your logo somewhere probably sticker or something yeah yeah and y'all's logo is great you Thank know because yeah. it's kind of representative of like you know a yantra mm -hmm. when you see these yantras you know you have the I don't know what you call it exactly but it's supposed to be like the four you know directions four temple doors yeah and so that i mean you know originally i was really into thanka or tanka art yeah same. and so uh that hit me and i was like oh what is this time wheel and name too you know i was like mm -hmm. what is this it's here in town mm -hmm. and then uh finding y'all and finding out y'all do events um kind of do everything you know artists music uh it's mm -hmm. great because y'all are bringing more than one outlet you know and especially that y'all are down here doing that it's yeah, yeah. i think it's important you know there's not a y'all could probably be anywhere and do great but it's pretty sweet y'all are down here so i was very stoked when yeah. i finally got to connect yeah but now odyssey i was a little like i know it's one of these guys but i'm kind of intimidated <laughs> to like find out who it is that's you know? funny but, i get that sometimes I'm, yeah. you know because i'm i'm not the most social person yeah but i do like to get my feet wet with work oh, so yeah, you know sure. I, i'm out there like pulling strings but yeah I'm, I'm not always like the one being the life of the party or talking to everyone but yeah. um but i appreciate the words man you know mm -hmm. it's an honor to do this and i i guess it just so naturally happened that i was from here so this is where i would do it yeah. um you know and we have some some web up in austin as well mm -hmm. um and a big part of our success is is from my uh, relationship with my mentor mitch schultz who did the dmt the spirit molecule film yeah so shortly after my uh awakening I started just digesting as much media as I could to learn about what had happened to me. And DMT, the spirit molecule, was one of those iconic, you know, documentaries that just like shook me up and showed me oh, yeah, that man. there's a whole world out there and even professionals that know about this. Yeah. Like people with PhDs and doctorates and they're discussing it in a very mature way. Mm -hmm. um, so there is some like, you know, um, there's some substance to this. It's not just kids tripping out, you know? That's really what gave it a lot of weight to me as well because, mm -hmm. you know, it was very much not a, like, a traditional scholar in mm -hmm. high school, that you know? Same, Quite yeah. far from it, little jokester, you know? Yeah, and, same. I was a skater too, so, yeah, you know? Like, but we're eating these things, and, I mean, maybe it was specifically uh, because I looked into it, but I was going to this place, and then to see documentaries, you know, from people much more professional, older, whatnot, uh, yeah, I think that really gave it a lot of weight for me as well. Same. So. Yeah, I felt like, you know, I was tapping into something that was real. Yeah. And not mm -hmm. this kind of, like, imaginary, hopeful, Yeah. I hope all this is real. But then I found out, you know, through thousands of years, people have been reporting on experiences like this. Mm -hmm. And we just misunderstand them as myths and religions and yeah. these types of things that seem so, like, far out. And, like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, like, you would, I would grow up in a Christian environment and not, and then there was a part of me that believed because I was a kid and yeah. I was told to believe by my parents course, and, yeah. you know, like you kind of fall into that default. Um, but then there comes a point where, hold on, I've never seen God. He's never talked to me. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is real. Yeah. And then they there was like this, mushrooms. And... Yeah. Then there's this like atheism slash agnostic phase. And then mushrooms come into my life and psychedelics in general. And I see, oh, 
there are higher levels of dimensions, higher levels of reality, higher levels of seeing and being and thinking. And that is where all this stuff I didn't understand was stemming from, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it can get misinterpreted because I feel like the Bible has been edited like a bajillion times. Right. You yeah. Know? It's confusing to pinpoint that one on yeah. where, when, what version, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's a lot. Um, but I think it's clear to know that the, the dude it's about, like, let's, let's just say Jesus. Yeah. Right? He yeah. was a visionary. Yeah. He was a guy that, Very much so. that saw the interconnectedness between all people. Mm-hmm. We're all one. We're all god you know god is with us all and he loves you you know of course people would love to hear that back in the day when you can't barely get a meal you know so to get some type of reassurance that we're here for a reason is i think why he had such an amazing following and it turned into such a iconic story over time yeah you know and maybe story's been skewed but i don't know i think if we could talk to him you know Mm -hmm. specifically hear the story it'd probably be very in line with um kind of what we're talking about with I think what's so. happening you know have um, you heard the the theory about him being a yogi i think i've heard something about that or i think i came across um i don't know it was something about uh you know there's tons of yogis mm-hmm. and it was like the top yogis or something in Rishis. india but uh yeah. yeah and i think he was mentioned mm-hmm. and i don't think i looked into it it's kind of like what sure but, sure but i was like oh that's probably not surprising because he went over there to train or something like that so there's a period of you know and this is all you know i'm not a scholar of this so don't take this as you know take yeah. this with a grain of salt but this is what i've heard yeah that there's a period of time where jesus disappeared no one knows where he went he was like 14 or something or 12 or something mm-hmm. and then he came back at 30 with all this enlightenment um some stories say that he went to india he was known as Issa in okay. india and he pretty much trained with top level yogis uh had tons of altered state experiences unitive consciousness experiences and was like he received a message a download to come back and, and free his people so to speak spiritually That's interesting man yeah very so, interesting it's not super interesting and it makes a lot more sense to me uh having done yoga myself and having had you know consciousness uh uh, expanding experiences as well that that makes so much more sense than he's just born that way yeah you know for sure because some people as they just think oh, well jesus was just born the son of god yeah he didn't have to do anything to earn all of that enlightenment and all that wisdom it, it all i think he it. did have to do a lot of trial and error to, oh yeah to find it yeah and everyone's got to work to get to mm-hmm. i mean any state of spiritual you know enlightenment or elevation yeah but it's it's also you know if I, I'm going to probably be wrong with the name, but I want to say it was like Moses and the burning bush yeah. or something like that, you know, yeah. and they're finding, or they, I think they believe that that was the acacia tree, yep. which contains DMT, you Correct. know? And so it, it's interesting because when you hear stuff like that, you know, it makes it all for someone who uses psychedelics and entheogens, it makes it a uh, very clear, mm-hmm. at least I feel very clear that that's kind of what was happening. And then stories were told, you know, and if yeah. you hear, trip reports from even your friends or something you know it's a Mm -hmm. you could tell a pretty crazy story or spin it off into kind of a myth sounding story you know so i Mm -hmm. think that's a what was happening that there was heightened elevated you know occurrences happening and uh i think that the psychedelics were largely underground and secret and reserved for you know uh kind of like uh, initiations and mm-hmm. like certain celebrations like i don't know if you've heard of the eleusinian mysteries or anything no it's no. this uh, ancient greece um ceremony more or less a festival where uh plato went to this socrates went to this a lot of these ancient thinkers that we 
hold in high regard um, were members of this festival, almost like a an old Burning Man, so to speak, hey. <laughs> where they would come together and drink this thing called the Kaikion, which I'm almost certain either had psilocybin or mm-hmm. it had ergot, uh, which yeah. is, is LSA or LSD, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and would have these, you know, unity of consciousness experiences in large groups and then go back to society because they had wisdom that the yeah. common man didn't have. And that makes sense that they would uh, kind of have that knowledge and be reserving it for, you know, kind of uh, not the elite, but, you know, for upper class or whatever, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, um, high thinking people. Right. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. I think if we could uncover more and that's what we would find right. was happening. You know? And there are people doing that work like Graham Hancock and mm-hmm. a couple of these uh, anthropologists that, you know, just like they're dedicating their life to understanding this history, yeah. the history of the world, the history of mystical experiences. So mm-hmm. it's super awesome to, you know, kind of be in that same space um, just by talking like this. Yeah. You know, just us, you know, you doing your artwork and, and representing these amazing uh, depictions of maybe experiences you've had or mm-hmm. things that have been gif- given to you by these altered states. And then, you know, me with music and time wheel and podcasting and that type of thing, I get to express myself and my interest in, in these things. So it's, yeah. it's amazing. And music and podcasts. I love, uh, you know, I've always said like I hold music almost higher than visual art, which, you know, they hold the same weight, but it's, mm-hmm music instantly gets me in a flow state you know whether i'm you know at work beating nails in wood or something you know it's a mm-hmm. yeah it, it's great man and especially just electronics great but you know words too like podcasts doing stuff like this you know words hold weight you know mm-hmm. it creates reality essentially you know Absolutely. and so it's a they're both equally as important you know the visual and the i guess physical speaking you know um i i think the visual and and music they they really feed off each other like imagine going to like you know like a high production music set and then there's just no visuals yeah you kind of be like something's missing here you know what i mean like because those visuals really like uh deliver that message as well yeah you know every sense working you know yes exactly they it's various uh festivals and um, musical performances especially accompanied by visuals are yeah. definitely like a festival synesthetic you get the, experience you get the smells too so. oh yeah that's true <laughs> all that's, kinds that's true yeah. that's, that's funny yeah. um so when it comes to the style that you're known for uh recently mm-hmm. when did that kind of start to emerge so that started um <clears throat> pretty specifically right when I started painting canvas at Mm -hmm. least Uh, so I was gifted a a vial of LSD Mm -hmm. randomly um, just kind of out of the blue wasn't even really uh, you know used a lot of psychedelics but it's not a time that I was searching that out really anymore Mm -hmm. Um, and so I started taking that and then one day you know I was kind of just taking it at home having fun going to that space a bit but just you know enjoying it yeah um one day i got bored with the ink stuff because it's so disciplined you know it's especially if you're taking lsd and you're trying to run a straight line you know it's pretty don't work you know <laughs> sometimes so i grabbed a canvas and uh kind of just started jumbling paint around um and at this time i had also come across a uh, mish technique painting i believe that's how you say it uh, okay. so like amanda sage oh, cool. um predominantly i think you know uses that technique uh, it's kind of an older technique of glazing using egg tempura and all that um okay. 
And so uh, I kind of adapted it, but I just started painting in it. You know, of course, being that I like sacred geometry designs, I tried to paint geometry and mm -hmm. it kind of just all started flowing in, yeah. you know. Um, and so I really firmly believe that the LSD also helped that, you know, helped um, like it was waiting to come out, you know. And so it got me to grab the canvas and also, you know, easily let it float through me. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I did one and then you know enjoyed it so did that again another day and i mean like even the second time it was just mm -hmm. like okay something's happening here you know it's a lot of fun but also like there was this feeling man that it was almost not my like my hand working mm -hmm. you know and, like a uh, transmission yeah and it's always a weird thing to say it sometimes feels pretentious to say but i mean it was just like coming out you know right. um and so I indulged it and then it just mm. keeps growing, you know, it's uh, Love that. uh people have asked if it's channeling or anything like that. And, you know, I, I haven't really practiced channeling or anything mm. like that, but, um, you know, it's just downloading from somewhere from Kashic realms. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it just flows through and mm -hmm. trying to keep up with it flowing through. But right. sometimes I wonder where it really came from because to my understanding i had no painting ability before right. then and then boom i love know? that uh, it's almost like that sensation because i i've recently and, I, and i've talked about it on a podcast recently um begun to let my body go a little more mm -hmm. and uh, let the music move me yeah versus like i used to try to dance and you don't try to dance yeah you just dance <laughs> yeah. right you know when you try to dance you're kind of like uh, if I'm doing it right, I hope I don't look weird or people judging me, you know, but yeah. when you let the music music move you, you don't give a shit. Yeah, you just, man. ooh, it's just flowing through you, and it sounds similar as to how you're kind of transmitting or, or channeling, you know, and, and it doesn't have to mean channeling in the sense that, you know, like some being is yeah. download, like, yeah. like, what's his name, Cryon or mm -hmm. whatever, it, is. it doesn't <laughs> have to be like that, you know, but yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. I am curious, how long does a piece typically take you? Um, so, you know, it, it varies from piece to piece. Um, I'm pretty like obsessive about it. When I have a piece, mm -hmm. I want to get, get out, you know, it's a painting for me is very, you know, painting frustrates me sometimes, you know, it's not always like this super blissed out state when I'm working on mm -hmm. a painting. Cause I'm trying to learn and uphold to my standards, um, to the guide standards that are like putting this image, you know, don't want to fail them all that, but yeah. usually it's a pretty meditative thing for me you know it, mm -hmm. it keeps me in check it's like my favorite place my favorite flow to be in yeah so i you know there was a period i was pulling like 18 hour days mm -hmm. you know just like barely sleeping or i'd be smoking dmt and <laughs> sleeping like three hours wake up and just paint so right sometimes it's like one a month sometimes i can get two a month mm -hmm. right now i'm taking a lot more time mm -hmm. and so you know it's a couple months for each piece i'm trying to refine more because you know it's there's an initial experience or vision that i want to portray mm -hmm. and you know I, I paint it so quick that you know the vision comes through but i found with some pieces if i take time like that visions you know it's infinite mm -hmm. it's it, there's more elements in there right so if i take more time like the download just increases you know um yeah. so yeah trying to take a lot more time but Mm -hmm. paint fairly quick Amazing. Yeah, it's favorite cool. thing to do so that's you know. awesome yeah i recommend everyone check out your your work do you have a, a website or are you mostly on social right now i don't i had a website for a bit um 
I really like getting that talk with everybody who like messages about mm-hmm. the art, you know, right. it's, I mean, it's like the best thing, you know, it's the whole point of the art or at least sharing it is right. just to connect with people who are having similar experiences. So totally. yeah, Instagram, you know, okay. hit so me up, say anything. Of, yeah. The art of waking up. The art of waking up. Yeah. That's cool. Love to talk to you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Everyone, fun. everyone check that out. So you're also a fire spinner. Uh, yeah, somewhat. When did that happen? Um, man, probably like two years ago now. Um, we went out to, what was it, co-creation um, okay. festival thrown by Create Culture mm-hmm. up in Austin. And, uh, you know, if I can speak candidly, you know, we, we ate a bunch of acid. <laughs> and so we were just laying out at the next to the Psytrance stage, you know, like 4 a.m. one of the nights. Mm-hmm. And this guy had these wands you know, like floating wands and he was spinning them and it blew my mind, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so from there I looked into him and was like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to try this. You know, my good friend, Nick is a fire spinner and I've been watching him do it. And so he kind of pushed me. And then that first time that, you know, I got my own prop and lit it up, it kind of just, you know, hit me. Um, it's very, it's fun. Of course, you know, you're playing with fire, mm-hmm. but it's also, you're working with the element you know, and uh, it's an important element that I think, you know, we all enjoy fire, watch Mm -hmm. it. Everybody loves to watch fire, you know, especially on psychedelics. Oh, for sure. But um, when you're working with it, you know, it commands your attention, you know, it can burn you, it can Mm -hmm. burn someone else. So it's a, it's an important element to work with. You know, we work with air breath work you know water um Mm -hmm. i haven't figured out too much of a way to work with water yet (laughs) working on that but um you know earth you know we work with every day so now we've got fire i think it's a important relationship to have and it's a it's a dance you know Mm -hmm. dancing with fire man it's the closest thing that i've seen to like magic (laughs) i mean other than art and music that you know i do i do consider you know like forms of magic so to speak yeah. But that fire spinning, you know, I, I wouldn't try it myself personally yeah, yet, yeah. you know, like one day, we'll maybe you. one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I see you doing it and, and Nick doing it and a number of the people here in the, the fire spinning community in San Antonio, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is, you know, these guys are uh mages you know what i mean it's like you're wielding fire it's a, it's you know a, it's a weird thing to do but it's uh you know it's that flow state it's the same flow state you hit with painting with music you know mm-hmm. i feel like in this circle we're all just chasing that flow state you know because it's yeah. it's a selfless state you know with you're flowing with something you're working with something it's very mm-hmm. in tuned um yeah. what is it satori yeah i yeah. think the term you know it's mm-hmm. a yeah, it's incredible, man. So. Yeah, yeah, because there's that perfect balance of danger and yeah. beauty. Yeah, you know. And I mean, I love the. You know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you get burned, it hurt." Like, not to sound like a masochist, but I like the pain. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's like the great equalizer, man. Sure. You know, it's, well, you can tell with all the, the amount of tattoos that you don't mind pain. Yeah, <laughs> and the burns, man. You've got a lot. Burns. How many have you counted them? Is that like a hundred or? Uh, no, it's like over fifty or something. Okay. Uh, I thought I would have way more by now, but the view with tattoos has also changed while getting more, um, I guess, tuning in more. Mm. You know, for a while, it was kind of like I said earlier, just drawing on skin. Like, I love art, you know, collecting from artists I want to support, um, mm-hmm. all that. And that's great. I appreciate that. But it's now changed to more. Um, I want to kind of empower the body through um, sigils, symbols, you know, protection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Amari... Um, yeah. painter here in town tattooist so yeah incredible yeah he's offering like the the ritual hand pokes you know oh, where cool. he you kind of sit with him meditate for a second and he draws a 
like a little power symbol I got this oh, nice. kind of going up um, kind of based off you different aspects um, and what he feels mm-hmm. and uh, yeah very much intention tattooing and so I think that's what stopped me from getting more really you know mm-hmm. as a yeah it's you're working with pain and you're putting symbols into flesh it's like the ultimate um, right use of that you know so it's yeah, yeah I want to get more in line with that but yeah what well, so I mean uh, just out of my own self-interest I mean part of maybe a little bit of my hesitation with tattoos because I, I love certain symbols that I feel I could be in connected with for a lifetime. Yeah. Um, what's like the, the safetyness and the risks involved because with tattooing. Yeah. Because you know, you're, you're putting stuff in your, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, as someone who's very naive and I don't have any, I, I, I'm, I don't know yeah. the risks so, or um, I not mean, risks involved. There's risks as far as like infection, mm-hmm. you know, and whatnot. You know, you got to be very clean. You're working with blood and needles and um, yeah. other someone else working on you. So, but that's all fairly, um, you should always be careful, but it's in my experience, not a huge thing, you know, um, mm-hmm. as long as everyone's wearing gloves, new needles, all that stuff. Right. And then uh, the ink, I mean, I'm not too sure the properties in color ink mm-hmm. uh, exactly, but black ink is just like carbon, you mm-hmm. know, which, I mean, we're essentially carbon. So, mm-hmm. it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'd gotten a bunch of color because everyone loves pretty colors. You know, yeah. It's exciting. But um, now I'm definitely going to go more to black work. Okay. You know, it's a strong primordial, sure. you know. And don't um, you have to touch colors up over time? You do, yeah. Mm-hmm. They they definitely fade. Um, black fades as well, but mm-hmm. it's black. You know, right. it's actually looks better faded, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know. Yeah, it's almost like kind of bluish green a little once yeah. it starts fading. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, yeah there's cool. not huge risk though. Other okay. than that, you know, it's well, you got know. two weeks to worry, and then then you're good for life. So nice. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, when it comes to your daily practice, you know, because what you're able to do, a lot of people would love to be able to do, um, create, produce artwork. A lot of people have a vision for creating art themselves, but maybe can't find that rhythm or Mm -hmm. that routine. So like, what is it that kind of helps you step into that space on a daily basis? uh, I mean, I would say at the start, you know, it was, um, psychedelics played a, I don't want to put too much weight on psychedelics being like the tool you can use to start getting in that state but it's a huge mm-hmm. it's a huge step up but it is a tool you know it's not um the foolproof like whole method sure. you know it's like I think it was Alan Watts said you know like you're knocking on a house you know and no one's answering so you grab a rock bang on the door they answer but you don't take the rock in the house so mm. psychedelics are the rock you know they get yeah. the door open but don't take it in and so is that um, the kind of, it, it acts as the inspiration? Yeah, somewhat. Um, just really to, it forced whatever that, um, that gate open for me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I used that pretty frequently back when this was starting and it mm-hmm. very much kept me in that headspace to be able to create. And then um, from there, I think I just learned through whether it was meditation or just, um, just being able to get there on my own you know it's just remembering that place and the path it took to get there and so it's pretty easy to just jump back now yeah. sometimes i do have to kind of fight that or to get back you know because um, mm-hmm. it's it's such a sensory overload world right now yeah it's a it can be a lot you know even mm-hmm. for someone who meditates uses psychedelics it's you know you're kind of being drawn away from that place but yeah meditation and just um remembering mm-hmm. 
you know and then once you're there it's you know i don't know but my so practice is mainly just do it do it you know yeah. fight it do it right you know, so do you have it. like a specific area in your house that you have set up with your paints and yeah i mean i've painted uh kind of all over the house before but i just painted my room and it's okay. um i need a pretty pretty simple but uh specific light setup mm -hmm. to paint so um you know it's just i got a desk easel and all that and mm -hmm. that's where the magic happens you know so t when you start a painting you do you paint the whole canvas one color to start yeah so i paint everything black okay. first um which i think is not popular um, process but mm -hmm. You know, I could, I've done a few pieces white and then just kind of paint on colors, you know, start to form it. But um, a lot of my pieces are darker. They're pulled from black, you know, mm -hmm. and that kind of mm -hmm. excites me in a way, too. You know, this black is kind of like mm -hmm. the void, you right. know, it's emptiness. But then out of that, you can pull everything, you know. Yeah. Um, I love that. And a lot of people have told me, like, don't use black in your paintings or this or that. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's important. You know, it's. I think people think it's just a void. I love know? black. And it's yeah, it's <laughs> fully encompassing, man. You know, yeah. and there's white in the black, like light in the darkness. So it's totally, yeah. It's, everything goes black, and then the light comes. And do you, you know? listen to music while you paint? Yeah, always. Oh, always. What do you listen to? Yeah, um, a lot of kind of like medicine music. Um, mm -hmm. you know, shamanic down tempo stuff. Um, yeah. Also electronic. You know, um, mm -hmm. glitch, drum and bass psy trance mm -hmm. um, we go all over man you know um yeah grateful dead like folk uh, oh nice yeah it's a i got a pretty wide range sometimes it makes me feel crazy <laughs> you know i have a wide range too so i understand yeah but it's it's all you can use it all you know and you can get in a kind of a flow state in all of it you know and yeah. that kind of translates to you know we were talking about like jesus earlier and i'm not particularly you know like christian but it's a uh, like every religion man you can use everything you yeah. know and still have respect for it you know yeah. not using and abusing but totally using it you know to form kind of that mm -hmm. universalist idea i agree um, you know i love how um you know we were speaking on alex ray earlier i love how he'll he'll paint these iconic religious figures in mm -hmm. into his his work um, sometimes as a as as the actual subject of the painting, but sometimes showing the interconnectedness of all. Yeah, of them, yeah, I know? I love that man. <laughs> Me yeah, too. specifically that because it's a. I mean, it's all here, you know, and, and it's mm -hmm. all the same, but it's different uh, manifestations of the same energy, you know, or the mm -hmm. same state that they're trying to reach. So it's I love that he's trying to show that, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So do I. So I think that. Um, a lot of the the artwork of the past was probably honestly uh brought to these artists by psychedelic painting i mm -hmm. mean sorry psychedelic experiences like for instance um who's the guy is it michael who's the guy that did the sistine chapel michelangelo yeah i think i think so yeah. man, he seems like he's painting from some heavenly man. realms man yeah he had to have done something i mean it's they might not have even used psychedelics per se you know that could be possible but mm -hmm. you know everything is inherently psychedelic in my opinion whether mm -hmm. it's like brushing your teeth or something <laughs> i mean like everything can be psychedelic man you know mm -hmm. it's a 
just depends on the person and if they can recognize that space and get in so mm-hmm. i think he was having a psychedelic experience and tapping in just uh his vehicle to get there um you know who knows no, i wasn't sure of, substance or... yeah it does seem he is on something man like yeah. to be painting them ceilings and like right you know i don't know it's... that is an intense body of work and yeah. it's lasted hundreds and hundreds of years yeah. i think it took him years mm-hmm. and it just seems like you know you have to be tapped into something you know inspiration of some sort to continue on a project for years and yeah. years and years and not give up on it and see it all the way through and um i think that i heard he was one of the first persons to paint angels with uh bird-like wings interesting because yeah. angels you know of the past maybe didn't even have wings or hmm. they were just kind of known as like these these divine beings yeah but he was the one that made them like look like they could fly That's with very interesting bird-like yeah. wings i mean that makes me think either you know, it was just something he was kind of fond of, or maybe he had an experience mm-hmm. seeing a, like a seraphim, you know, mm-hmm. seraphic like form or, right. you know, which is something I've definitely had an, an experience oh, with. Too. And uh, I'm not particularly, I'd say, prone to that imagery, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, it came up and couldn't deny it, you know, that right. it was there. So I it's think, interesting. Isn't that, isn't that funny how that could be, how the Egyptian gods and stuff were made? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like people around a campfire, they're taking, you know, some mushrooms yeah. or something, and they yeah. see their friend turn into a bird head. Yeah. And they're like, dude, let's make that into a big statue, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy that they just actually went out and did it, though, too, you know? But, right. Uh, it's... Right. Well, back then, you know, this seemed like uh, a lot of what they cared about was uh, lasting. Yeah. They want something yeah. that would last yeah. a long time. They were trying to make a statement. An artistic statement but yeah. also a spiritual statement in that we're gonna build this thing that's gonna be here for 3,000 years or more than that yeah you man, know? It's, and it's visionary art you know you see people painting some of these deities and uh, mm-hmm. these weird kind of um, I forgot the name but you know morphed creatures you know human and animal forms yeah, yeah. and uh, we know that they're pulling from that space but you know they're there's all kinds of them, you know, coming, but we're not building statues of them and mm-hmm. calling them gods, you know, because we know what it is. But back then, you know, it's they were kind of I don't think they necessarily had painting tools, you know, so mm-hmm. they can chisel rock, you know, so these yeah. visionary artists. Man, you know? Yeah, exactly. They were. And so it's almost like, you know, through time, you know, you've you've picked the torch up. Yeah. You know, and yeah. who knows where it'll end up, man. What yeah. if you have a, a statue someday <laughs> that lasts a thousand years, you know? Yeah, man. I'll try to sculpt a, a statue. It'd be that fun. Be cool. It's a lot of work. I'll put it in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So uh thank you so much for the time today. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. a pleasure. So just once again, um let people know where they can find your work and uh yeah, so Instagram, the art of waking up is pretty primarily the place. Um or catch me out in San Antonio at events, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Very cool. If you find me, connect with me. I'd love to talk, whatever it is. Yeah. Check out-